Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Aries. Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> That's your part. You got to do that part. Ready? Reunited and it feels so good. I don't think so. You fucking <laughs> kike. <laughs> boys are back in town yeah yeah the boys are back and there ain't no fooling around yay cakes yeah i'm at romans yeah they probably wouldn't let your tight white ass in you talking to my wife you were spinning my wife's ear see that like a pussy make you brave what's happening man ah <laughs> uh. Just uh, hanging here in D.C., man. Ah, the top five spot, baby. It's in the top five. How long have we been uh, disconnected? Uh, damn, it had to be at least three weeks, right? Four. It's not it ain't been three weeks. Yeah. Has it been three weeks? I think it was. No, maybe two. It was Brea, right? Brea? The fuck you doing, man? Was the last time we were together? When we were together after that? I don't think we were. Fuck it, it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, so before I tell you what's been what what I did in my time off, what'd you do on yours? Um, Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving was the last, and that was Brea. Yeah, it was before That's that. That's right. It was before that. I had Thanksgiving. I did in. Uh, I was in. No, my but own. the last time we were together was Brea. Yeah. Because now you. It's just been three weeks. Yeah. Because you said Thanksgiving, and that's right. You yeah. had got in my craw. You put. Shit in my stuffing, piss in my macaroni with that pedantic ass conversation about the first man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. And the emails are coming for you, Jack. <laughs> They're coming for you. These motherfuckers are coming. I, I think this is the most emails I've ever received. They are coming for you like Sosa's men came after Tony in the balcony scene. Of Scarface. Yeah. Don't fuck with me, you fucking little monkey. Hey, take it easy when you talk to me. Hey, you, you fuck me. I don't. I told you, Tony. Don't ever try to fuck me. Hey, fuck you, man. Do you want to go to war? 
They, if they coming for you, nigga. <laughs> you fucked Sosa, nigga. Um, yeah, the emails are coming for you, brother. Uh, and you know what? You, it was funny because when we were in Calgary, one of the gigs you were supposed to do with me was going to be one of another one of my favorites, Charlotte. Yeah. The Comedy Zone, where the Pussy Podcast was born, episode 27. Um, again, I'm, you're never going to... People, I'm, I'm not going to stop saying it. And every time I bring women, uh, as I scroll through Instagram, laying in bed on my chocolate tear, <laughs> naked, uh, I'd be telling all these women, hey, even when, when I give out the cards at the end of the shows, ladies, uh, we're trying to build our female fan base. Start with episode 27, the Pussy Podcast, where I give a professional-type teaching on cuddlingus. Uh, are you trying to market the podcast or your abilities? Both, nigga. <laughs> both. I'm trying to market and fuck. Um, and, you know, I give out the – it's one of my favorite. The quarterback is toast. Um, so, yeah, and, and we you couldn't do it, or you could do it, but um, the comedy club already had a dude who paid yeah. for his ticket, and I didn't know who it was. Matt Rife. Yeah, yeah. I t- yeah. I'm the one who told you it was Matt Rife. Yes, and, and you could make it. And, and listen, if it was any, well, I couldn't. If it was anybody else, I'd have been like, yo, fuck that. I'm putting my man on. But I had to kind of do kiss and makeup because uh, I blew this club off. Plus, we like Matt. Yeah, yeah. Matt's my guy. Listen, Matt Rife, and, 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 and for those of you who don't know, he was the ridiculously over-the-top, handsome-looking white boy from Wildin' Out. And he was on that NBC show. Uh, bring the funny. Bring the funny. I think he got down to one of the last finalists. This is a pretty motherfucker, Jack. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, if I was gay, uh, it'd be me and him, nigga. Uh, he's got a funny joke where he says, trust me, I know I'm pretty. I, if I went to jail, I'd be the number one draft pick. <laughs> um, and what's great about Matt is he, and I, keep, and I tell him this all the time, I said, dude, you got the De La Hoya, Sugar Ray Leonard thing where it's like, don't think that just because you pretty, motherfucker can't be funny. This nigga has skills on that mic. He's a bad man, like Stephen A. Smith would say. Dude, I saw him at, uh, I was, we were hanging out, and we were at uh, Laugh Factory in L.A. Right. And you, you didn't heckle, but you yelled out something to him from the top, and you guys... And we had a back and forth. Like, but without any issue, man. He just man, did. it was like two boxes, nigga, and we was both bringing it. Um, He's good. And, and the thing about Matt, I, and, and, and this is where I, I say, when we talk about white privilege, I go, son, you are the definition of white privilege. You are in show business, but you got the quadrifecta, nigga. You are male, which in show business, being a man is the top spot. You are a white man, which is the topper top spot. You're fucking good looking, which goddamn. Shouldn't even be allowed in comedy. I'm sorry. And that's the fourth one. He's a funny, legit motherfucker. Do you know that quad combination is hard to find? Listen, white men exist in Hollywood by the millions. That's nothing. But to be a white man. To be good looking, which means you're a lead. To be, what I say is it male, or white? Oh, good looking. Yeah, now you're a male lead. You, you and, and listen, even when you're ugly, you can still be a lead. 
but you know, nigga, like, <laughs> you know, like, listen, there's certain comics, black comics who be leads in movies. And I go, nigga, only in the movies would you pull that bitch. <laughs> in real life, you are not a lead. But, you know, he's a lead and he's funny. It's hard to find funny and good looking. That's a tough combination. Usually the funny motherfuckers look, you know, beat up in the face. You know what I mean? Who's yeah. my man? Who's my man in Boogie Nights? Um, I'm trying to remember what his character was. Oh, he was in the movie with Will Ferrell where they played brothers. Oh, oh John yeah. C. Riley. Yeah, that nigga looks like a pug, nigga. <laughs> but he's funny. But he's funny. Will Ferrell ain't great looking, but he's funny. You know what I mean? Well, see, that's why I always think, like, Tara lets me go out. On, you know, and, and you're with me all the time. So, you right. know, Tara doesn't call me. Tara doesn't bug me about what I'm doing. I'm always going out. There's no problem. Because Tara doesn't think that I am, my funny isn't enough to get me to sexy. Most women that, when they settle with the man they love, don't give a fuck about their talent. They look at us like we fucking plumbers, nigga. <laughs> Like, bitch, don't let me remind you who the fuck I is. And I'm a, I'm a good looking dude. I'm just fat, nigga. You know what I mean? I, I, again, if you, nigga, you look at my, go back, Google me, nigga. 18, 20, I was some Clark Gable shit. I'm a handsome nigga. I just, I'm chunky. And if I can ever knock on wood, get back to my pack in the midsection, I'm going to be a problem, nigga. Well, no matter what, and this has nothing to do I'm, with I got swag. I'm, I'm, I'm sexy, but I just, I'm, you know. See, I don't have any of that. You got, you white and you got money. You Jewish. No, yes, there's shit. no money. There will I be. I got nothing. You, there will be. Here's, 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 here, I, I'm, I'm humorous and I don't care. That's about it. You care a little bit. You care too much sometimes. Sometimes about my humor, but not about. Yeah, but I'm, let me get back to Matt. So, yeah, the motherfucker is beyond, and I say, dude. You're going to make it, son. It's not even a, a, a if. It's a when, nigga. You're going to make it. Just keep the dough crack. Or remember, nigga, because I'm one of your biggest supporters. Um, and it's funny because Matt also said while he was on stage, which is true. He goes, I know that because of how I look. And, you know, that comedy crowd, that audience for Comedy Zone is predominantly black. And he goes, I know when I walk out, a lot of you black dudes looked at me and immediately went, nah. But then, you know, you you give me a second and I say what I say. And then you go, all right, let's hear him out. So if he didn't have the goods, like a new prison bitch, they would eat that motherfucker up. But he's got the goods. Yeah. He got them hands, nigga. And I love him for it because I, I just love the fact that he's misassuming. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't think because I got a jawline, nigga, that I can't box you up. And he's got the skills, man. Yeah. yeah. So he was, I mean, that was great that he went out there. I, yeah. And I was, uh, and I, I did Thanksgiving with Adam Ferreira in, mm-hmm. uh, in, in New Jersey. So that's what, that's what I did. But How was that? Um, it was, it was, dude, I, I love Bananas, and I think they have a great crowd. And I'll right. say this, the late shows were great. The early shows, I believe, on holidays like right. after the holidays, are not necessarily comedy club people or comedy people. They're people right. that needed some entertainment. They've been at home. Yeah, they, they flew in. They flew in. Right. They're looking to do something. And then they go to a comedy show, and then they're like, but they're not 
fans of comedy. You need, I mean, that's the greatest thing about going to a comedy club is when it's fans of comedy. They just right. they're there for comedy. They're there for entertainment. You know, I, I'm not always uh, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So, right. but but I mean, I still had good shows. But I just love I, lo- I love it when it's that comedy crowd and that room's tight and it feels good when it's a comedy crowd. Right. Here's some shit. <clears throat> Matt had told me to my surprise, and you know we we've constantly had these conversations, and I've said to you, you know, it, it's just, it's so baffling for me and frustrating because, again, the perception that exists about me, the legend, Harry Spears is a diva, he's an asshole, he's this, he's that. And, again, for the people that get to know me, he ain't nothing like that. He's just a New York nigga who got a short tolerance for bullshit. So when I hear the horror stories about other people, and I go, I'm not that fucking bad. Why am I having a problem? I wish I could say this comic's name, and I won't. And the only reason why I won't is because, Andy, you kind of talked me out of it. Good. Uh, and, and you're right. You're, you're right. You're right. Because it's not necessary for the story. I know, but I like the details, nigga. But anyway, I won't say his name, but Matt opens for a comedian who at one point, fucking huge, was doing arenas. He's doing theaters now. Because some of the steam has been taken off. But he used to do arenas. Um, and it, it's amazing that how insecure we can be. Um, he was telling me, he was like, yeah, man. This guy, when I go on stage, he tells me I can't sell merch. Which I always tell people. And, I, so, and you know, you asked me. and even He even asked me, Matt. He asked me. Um, Aries, can I sell merch? And he didn't do. He didn't try to do it the first night because he wasn't sure. But then around the second night, he asked me. I said, "Motherfucker, make your bread." Again, people want what they want, and the best salesman is your material. Right. If you crush it on stage, they want a piece of you. You think that you selling next to me is going to threaten me, nigga? Now this is the part where I might live up to the legend. Uh, you're not nice as me. <laughs> you know, I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about your dope affecting my dope. I'm selling blue magic, nigga. Fuck your dope, nigga. And so sell. If they want you more than they want me, then that says they like you more than me. But mm, probably not going to happen. But the thing is, and, and this is what I never understood, and I agree with you 100%. I'm never going to take a T-shirt sale away from you ever. Right. If someone bought a T-shirt from me and didn't buy one from you, it's because not necessarily they thought I was funnier. They might have connected with a joke about that's on my shirt more. That's it. Whatever the reason. But no one's going up and going, okay, I like Aerie's shirt. I like Andy's shirt. But I only have enough money for one shirt. And then, but listen, they do do that. And, and you know what they do? They pick who affected the most. I've stood next to you. And people go, I want to chuckle the fuck up, or I want to all day long, or I want to decline, whether it's because they have a kid with autism, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 and they have a conversation with you about it. And listen, some of them might just like you more than me. I don't want the, I don't want the white people, Utah, Africa. I don't want the McDonald's. I want that. And, you know, a piece of me for half a second goes, I should fire Andy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm like, nah, man. At the end of the day, people want what they want. And, and if I kill on stage, I'm going to get what I'm supposed to get. get. Um, and, and Matt, if you ever hear this, brother, either sell a CD or sell a T-shirt that doesn't have that picture on it. This thing has sold a T-shirt 
with the with him on 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 it, and it was from collar to the bottom of the sexiest motherfucking. He looked like James Dean wet. <laughs> like, nigga, ain't no man buying that shirt, nigga. Come on, man, tone that down. Um, uh, but yeah, he was like, yeah, this comic wouldn't let me sell merch. He also gave him strict rules that while on stage, don't do crowd work. Yeah, and you're always bugging me about doing crowd work. But yes. the reason I never did crowd work really, and I can do crowd work, but the reason I really never did it is because when you're a feature and you're coming up, most headliners don't want you to do crowd work. That's an insecurity. It, nobody should ever tell you how to box. If we're, bo- if we're in the same game, and this is the comedy game, a la the boxing game, I'm not going to tell you if you the undercard, hey, man, don't throw no hooks. Well, what if... What don't, if don't ease back on your jab. Nigga, you in a fight. What if do what you got to do. What if someone's whole set is primarily crowd work? What if their whole hour is basically going and talking to the crowd? Well, again, what would that have to do with them doing crowd work? Y'all not... Especially crowd work, because y'all not going to be saying the same shit. That's a good point, but some people worry about that. That's called insecurity. That's called insecurity. I'm even surprised this person would have Matt on the show based on how good looking he is. Because the person that he's opening for is kind of good looking. He ain't Matt Rife good looking. But my whole thing is that's all insecure, ego-driven shit. And Matt was like, well, I remember I was on stage one time and this girl yelled something out at me. And for me not to answer it, now you know how that looks? That puts Matt in a bad position. Yeah. Because you look weak. Right. If somebody says some slick shit or something that needs to be addressed and you don't address it, now you look like you ain't got skills. And and, and then he told me, um, yo, yeah, when we would go certain places, he would tax us. What do you mean tax you? To, to, you know, if we had to go certain places and – because we were with him, he basically wanted a percentage, a small percentage. So, like, like if you were, like, if we do a theater, sometimes right. we want money. Yes, he he considered himself the theater. Yes, he needed a percentage. He needed a percentage, and and what he was paying them, and you, we both know, they don't pay you a lot. No, bullshit. Sometimes he paid even less. That's weird. I, you know, I wouldn't think that, but he, and and it's you know we all do what we do to keep going because we got to get we got to we got to get people to see us. But usually, you know, you think if you have a if you if you have enough if you if you have if your bounty's good if your bounty's good if you, if you went out hunting that week and you got more than you can eat, you think you'd cut someone a little bit off. Right. Listen, I'm not gonna say this comic's name. But I will drop a clue. No. They're not going to get it, Eddie. Trust me. Okay. Think of a breed of dog and what you do to prepare a meal. Okay. Uh, He would also tell them on the private jet if they all went and got lunch or any type of meal and they brought it back to eat on the plane, you weren't allowed to eat before him. And one time Matt goes, I bit into a sandwich he came out the bathroom and he said, dude, why are you eating before me? I said, are you joking? Dead serious. He got mad. You know, when I, when I first started doing this and I was, I was hosting and there was a guy that was featuring, um, 
I ordered food to the green room. Right. And he, the the feature flipped out. Because what what are you doing? And he goes, why why why'd you order that food here? If you want food, you you better go out. You take that food out there. Go eat it out there. You don't know what the headliner's doing. You don't know if he's hungry and he wants to eat, but he right. just didn't want to eat. You don't know what's happening in the headliners. He was so like some headliners must just berate and beat people down because he was so worried. I mean, I feel very fortunate. I've worked with, uh, you know, primarily I work with you. You're good to me, man. Everything works great. And I've worked with other people that have been really good to me. I've never, I've never ran into this. So when right. I hear these stories, I'm, I'm perplexed. Right. Dude, were you with me? Was it, was it Michael Yo? When we did Michael Yo's podcast, he told the, 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 the Wayne story. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did, I did Michael Yo's podcast and, uh, long story short, uh, uh, Sean Wayans was trying to park, I think inside the comedy store. The, the parking attendant basically told him, uh, Hey man, you just can't park here. So Sean Wayans basically told him, Hey man, I'm Sean Wayans. And the parking attendant goes, it don't matter to me. I mean, it ain't like, it'd be different if he was one of the funny Wayans. And the back window rolled down, and Damon and Sean—I mean, Damon and Keenan and Marlon—were all in oh. the car, and they laughed their ass off. <laughs> the fact that they didn't take that seriously. Now I know Sean did, because uh, and I'm gonna say this: Sean's got an ego. He's got rules when when he goes to clubs. Can't staff can't talk to him. Can't look him in the face. He wears shades everywhere. And this is what I mean. I am nothing like that. Matter of fact, because I'm so anti the man, I I treat the staff like family. What's up? Hugs. What up, love? Excuse me. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. But see, some people still, they even the staff doesn't get you sometimes. I'm going to tell you that honestly because you wear headphones. Sometimes they talk to you. They don't realize your headphones are in. They think that you're not. I don't know why people get so nervous to talk to you in the first place. Because I'm a big black nigga. Uh, it is so weird. You're a big dark monkey. You're a nigga and you scare people when you have weight. <laughs> Go ahead. Dude, I think it's because you go to your own places to hang out, too. A lot of times, you know, other comics will go, hey, where are you guys going? And you know, they'll yeah. go with the comics. You kind of have your own routine. You've been doing this long enough that you know where you want to go and why you want to go Man. there. I, I, I don't always get it. I don't get, get why this uh, uh, that continues. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And, and listen, again, for two reasons, it scares me. One, one of the great Ali, the great Muhammad Ali had a quote. He said, he treats the janitor. Just as important. He said, you should treat the janitor just as important as you would treat a CEO. Nobody's above anybody. And I think that that kind of humility slash universe karma, it works for you or against you. And the moment I start beating my own chest, sticking my chin up, my chest out, thinking I'm king dingling, life makes fun of you. And I don't want life to make fun of me. So that's why I don't ever want to go around believing or acting as if, yes, I'm that. And again, this is not, I'm not being vain. I'm telling you what people tell me. Last night, we hung out at the Rewind Spot, club slash restaurant hangout spot. One of the doormen went, hey, man, fucking, you're a legend. Again, I, I hear legend. I hear I'm one of the goats. I'm an icon. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. I'm never going to believe that shit because the moment I start to think my shit don't stink, guess what? Here it is. 
and I don't want that to happen. Uh, and and two, again, I'm just really not a dick like that. Um, but you know, I, I always say, you know, some comedians, you motherfuckers that act like y'all all that, yo, your talent doesn't match your ego, nigga. Now, if Dave is walking around like that, which no one should do, but hey, man, Dave's a bad motherfucker. He's one of the, he's the king. You know, Burr, if he was still here, Patrice, yeah. But nigga, Sean Wayans? (laughs) Nah, nigga. Nah, your talent don't match your arrogance, nigga. You know, but who's to? Ju- I mean, I'm not going to judge. I'm not judging that. I, I, and you know, look, at, I'm not really going to judge him. I'm not, because he, he, his, he has to live in his own reality. Okay, and that's fine. And and I'm not judging the comic. Kind of am, but because it's subjective. I'm talking about the attitude. Well, see, I got a different. I, I honestly, with him, I got to hang out with him one day. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. And but it wasn't like I wasn't on their show or anything. I was I, I was doing some press and we went shot and they were like they were, when it was it was one of the nicest days I had with guys. Seriously. Well, yeah, you might catch them at fucking the right time. So I so I have nothing that I can can say. Listen, I, 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 I the whole, whole time I'm so there's only one person and I'm not even going to say his name that, that fits the description and when you say that I will say this. He was the least talented person that I've ever worked with. Is that right? And he had more rules and more problems, and you're right. It's the insecurity to protect him. Right. Um, listen, I've met Jay-Z th- um, one, two, three times. And, you know, maybe bad timing, different circumstance. First two times, he was an asshole. I was interviewing Tamia, um, Grand Hill's wife, for like this magazine. And he walked into the restaurant, made a beeline to say hello to her. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I was like, yo, Jay, man, I'm a huge fan. He kind of, whatever, nigga. Second time, him and Memphis Bleak and uh, Benny Siegel performed on Mad TV. And I said, yo, y'all get, I'm doing the intro. I'm like, yo, y'all give it up for the man Jay-Z, Hove in the building, at Sean Carter, and he goes, say my name one more time, nigga. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, and then again, the third time was was uh, after the uh, Pacquiao, um, the big fight, Mayweather, when everybody spilled out into the streets. And, uh, and it goes, Allen Iverson, oh, shit, there's a mob around AI. Holy shit, where's the mob going? They're leaving AI. Beyonce and Jay-Z walking 10 feet ahead of him. Hand in hand. I just happened to hit the stride, and I'm right next to Jay, and I go, Jay, man, fan, dog. I know who you are, nigga. I know who you are. Now, by, now, by that time, I, you know, he seen the shit where I called him Joe Camel, and I'm talking about the nigga's lips. <laughs> so, hence, I know who you are, nigga. So, you know, it's different then. But, you know, like I said, man, you know. But, you know, you know the other thing – and the reason I say I, I, I try not to to judge these people, any people like this, is because you never know what's going on in someone's day. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My only thing is once, twice, by right. the third time, that's okay. who you are. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. You could ju- I, I'd say if you have right. three, you, three, 
Three right. strikes, you're out. That's how the right. game's played, right? Right. Okay. But you know, and, and I don't and I don't put anybody on top of the world on the first the first time I meet them either. Right. Because of the same reason. Right. Like listen, man, my whole thing is it it's it's from the gate, it's in the approach. Now I don't ever approach anybody like a gorilla nigga, but I've had motherfuckers come up to me and it's just like, why would you open with that? And I'm not saying kiss my ass, because again, that ain't my character. But yeah, well, you get further with flattery a little bit, don't you? Yeah, but you. Sometimes motherfuckers are real flattering and down to earth, and like, hey man, you got me through this tough time. I just want to say what your shit means to me. You wanted the best, my brother. Love, and when you give it to me like that, I'm like that D- that so- that lyric in DMX's song. I get love from the streets, and I give it back. If you give me the love, I'm gonna give it back to you. Now, if you give me the rude. Or the ridiculous, man, get the fuck out of my face. You get a lot of people that try to out-funny you. Yes. That I have never understood. Yes. Let you know, me show you my dick's bigger than yours. Why, why, you, you don't go up to a, a professional fighter and throw a few jabs at him, do you? You hope not. <laughs> I would hope not. I, that's what I, I just... Oh, I should have... Sh- oh, okay, that's funny. Real quick. Clip on uh, Instagram. We're, we're talking about... Lennox Lewis is in Vegas. I guess he was there for one of the fights. And Lennox is a nice fucking guy. He was on Mad TV too. Very funny skit we did. Go to Mad TV, YouTube, look up Mad TV, Lennox Lewis. Hilarious. Um, nice fucking dude. And he's taking some pictures with some dudes. Regular, you know, fucking uh, hand around the shoulder, peace sign, maybe a small fist near the waist, and they both doing it. So about the third guy that does it, he takes his arm and literally tries to put Lennox in a headlock and then does the fist thing. And a lot of boxers do the fist pose, but he takes the fist and tries to mush it in Lennox's face while he's got him in a headlock. Yo, Lennox, whop that nigga back three feet like fuck out of here and then smoothly went to his next uh, interview and act like the moment didn't even happen. Why would you do that? See, that's what I never understood. You know, Why would you do that? And, I, and it's funny that, like, we're talking about com- we were talking about as a comic, people trying to outjoke you, but as a fighter, man, that's that would have to be the dumbest. You play a Russian roulette, nigga, with fists. Could you? You know, the only really the only fighter that I've met is with you was uh, uh, Jerry Jerry Cooney. Cooney. Jerry Cooney. Dude, do you yes. do you remember when he threw a couple punches? Yes. Just, just fucking just yes. like and he's old and retired, and you still felt your liver shift. And I was like, dude, what is you, you would never fuck with this dude. The dude is like has arthritis and he has, right. and still he whoop your ass. Yes, will whip your ass. <laughs> dude, there was another one where Tyson was in Vegas and he's sitting in a chair and some dude and and, he, and this was crazier because at least Lennox knew he was being Hey, can I get a picture yeah, with you? Yeah. He was prepared, but wasn't prepared. Mike is sitting there, and this dude just takes his camera without Mike knowing, and from behind, wraps his arm around Mike and goes to do a selfie, and Mike, bow, threw an elbow back and caught this nigga in the jaw. Like, get the fuck out of here. Mike Tyson, nigga? That's like, nigga, without, unbeknownst to the lion, you about to go take a selfie with this motherfucker. And you got on a pork chop necklace. Well, this goes back to what you're saying. People are just dumb because uh, Tyson lived in Phoenix for for a little bit. Right. 
And I was at a club one night, and Tyson was walking by, and I was like, oh, fuck, that's Tyson. Right. And I'm tall. I think I'm taller than Tyson. Tyson's not real tall. He's like five nine, five ten. Yeah, about five. I'm, I'm a little. He, I'm five eleven. He's about five nine, five ten. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'm same size, or maybe just a little bit taller. Yeah. He walked by me, and I'm. I didn't wasn't like, oh, I'm fucking taller than right. Right. I was like, I was like, that's Tyson, you know. Yeah. But I saw him eye to eye. That's all. Right. That's all. And I and I noticed that. And I go, oh man, I thought he was a little. Right. I thought he was, I knew he was short. Not. Yeah. I knew it wasn't over six foot. But you know, that. Didn't really make a big deal in me. It's just that I saw him. And, you know, I didn't make direct eye contact yeah. either because he had a little bit of a scowl on right. his face. These dudes, when they walked by, within earshot. So they said, oh, I could, I don't understand. I could take. He I'm, heard it? Yeah, I can't believe. What was his reaction? He, he didn't even pay attention. He, he couldn't. He couldn't because he ended, up get, he ended up beating someone's ass in Phoenix. The thing is, I understand why he would because people are such assholes. Yeah. And, and again, when you look at Tyson, and, and again, we, we and, and this is such a great segue because this is actually one of one of the, one of the things I want to talk about. Um, look, there's no make no mistake, Tyson. You make your own bed, you lie in it. And Tyson did a lot of shit that he 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 has to be held accountable for. But he's also had a lot done to him. Oh yeah, that's fucked his head up. Um, dude, if you ever get a chance and you really got time to kill and you just want to have a good time. YouTube uh, Tyson Encounters. Some of this shit is not only funny, it's scary. Like, there was one clip <clears throat> where Mike Tyson was in LAX, and he's apparently in a bad mood. And this guy, this photographer, this TMZ dude, keeps following him. So, you know, and listen, when you're a celebrity, they get special treatment. So they was allowing Mike to go in a certain place where no one else was allowed to go so he could get to where he had to get to. And clearly the sign said, do not go beyond this point, but it's Mike. So a security dude is with Mike, not his security, just the security for the airline or the airport. And Mike turns and he says to the guy, hey, don't come past here, brother. That sign, don't, don't, don't come past here. And the dude went past there. Now, let's paint this analogy. You're at a zoo. The cage says, don't fuck around with the animals. You fuck around with the animal. You're going past where the signs say don't go. And the lion is telling you, rawr. <laughs> so this motherfucker goes, and Mike goes, I told you, brother, don't come past here. I told you, don't come past here. And Mike goes into full sprint and charges this nigga. And all you see is the camera shaking <laughs> from dude running. And eventually Mike catches him and the camera goes in the air. And the security guy who's supposed to be the, the enforcer goes, Mike, please. Mike, stop. Mike, please, brother, please. <laughs> People. And, and it's like this is what I love about Tyson. To his detriment, but understandable, the nigga's not, he's not, maybe now he is. And even then, I think if you pushed him too much. I think if you pushed him too it'd much. It'd be a problem. But even now, he, he's like, you know, he ain't the, if you fuck with me, I'm going to hurt you. Because now he's more, but he might hurt you. Don't, why put that to the test? Why put that to the test? Some of the funniest comments, dude, uh, when you look at these clips, and this is why I, I love the public sometimes because you guys are 10-second comedians, and sometimes y'all come out with gold. Um, there's a clip 
uh, this famous clip when Mike was on Real Sports with Brian Gumble, and he's being interviewed. He's got on, I think, a pink button-up shirt, some slacks. He's a little bit on the chunkier side, too. This is before he got his feng shui and lost the weight. And uh, the guy mentions Mike Tyson's four-year-old daughter that got killed in the accident with a cord wrapped around her neck, and she died. And this is hard for Mike to talk about. And at one point, with the coldest stone-like face, he just starts breathing heavy. He goes, he can't talk about it. He's trying, but he can't get the words out. And he just looks at the guy and goes, and he needs a break. He needs a moment. He goes, we should stop. You should go. <laughs> and someone <laughs> wrote, someone wrote, yo, when Mike said that, I left my house. <laughs> <laughs> he was watching on TV and he said, Yo, I got up, got dressed, and left my house. Yeah. And um and I think that's part of what people still love about Mike. One, I don't think people believe Mike really did what he did. He got railroaded. He didn't rape that girl. I think most people believe that. And two, something about when a man has fallen down and taken the beating and has gotten back up and still is living. People respect that, and they know Mike's been through hell and back, and he's still here. He, he didn't end up a statistic, which most of us thought he would, jail or death. He's doing better than most, and he's still smart, and he's got his faculties working. Yeah. And I think people love that about him, man. Um, There's a genuineness to him. Oh, man. When, uh, when that one interview with the guy said, you know, said that it brought up the rape, and he said – uh, what do you be doing? Something about you, rat bastard, piece of shit. Remember the oh the, the, the news reporter. reporter. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 but he, this he, is a morning program, Mike. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he said, "So what? What are you gonna do about it? You piece of shit." <laughs> yeah, everybody. It was it was a black reporter in Toronto. Um, <laughs> it was like one of the moments where you go, "Oh yeah, that's yeah. there's there's that that dude exists in there." Yeah, and uh, if you cross the line, yeah, you're gonna see that dude. Listen, man. I, and, again, and and this is why I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I know how badly I want us to interview Mike and be on his podcast, but I got to admit, I think I would be scared and disappointed to do it. Not because I would say anything foul and he might fuck me up, because I don't think he would give us the juicy interview we want. Because from what I hear, he don't like talking about boxing, man. Yeah. He, I heard he doesn't like to watch boxing because it puts him in that mode. And he so wants to be removed from that person. He wants, like, I, I watched small clips. I couldn't bring myself to watch Joe Rogan. Uh, but I watched a little bit when Mike was on. And Joe kept pushing boxing. And you could see Mike really didn't want to talk about it. He was uncomfortable. But I think because it was Rogan, he was trying to be gracious. But he just see, he, I don't, he I, just I, didn't want to do it. I, don't th- I disagree only because I know you'd want to go there a little bit. But he's so funny. He is. But when you're talking about, yo, that monster I was, yeah. I don't want to – that's dead. I don't want to get into that. And, and I'm, and I'm going to be honest. I would have to walk the fine line between an interview and ass kissing because I love Mike so much. Nigga, I, him and Jordan and Ali, that's it. Those are my guys. 
and that I would just be hard-pressed to want to talk boxing. There's certain things I want to know. I want to know how come in that round you didn't do this, or what about with this? And I, I, You never wanted to get back with Kevin Rooney, nigga? Like, I, I would want to dive so deep into it, and if he didn't want to give us what we wanted, it would be like, damn, nigga. Dude, I, I bet... You know, I don't think people. I don't know if everybody watched it. That's like I'm, I'm just saying, not to cut you off, but that's like saying, "Hey, we got Mike Tyson to interview, and this nigga just wants to talk about cooking recipes." You, Mike Tyson, you knock niggas the fuck out. I think if you said to him, "Hey, Mike, man, uh, listen, I know you don't like rehashing the, the the boxing past, but I'm a fan. Can I ask you a few questions? And then when you the moment you're done, you just say I'm done boxing. We'll go on to something else." I bet you could get a lot more out of it if you said it that way. I don't know, because he might be done before I am and go, let's move on. And I ain't arguing. No, but you just move on. But you would get something. You should go. You should go. (laughs) (laughs) You should move on. We're moving on, nigga. (laughs) There was another clip uh, where Mike had his belts displayed on a table. And the guy goes, uh, Mike, look at all these championships. What do these belts mean to you? He said, the garbage. <laughs> he flipped the goddamn belts over. They mean nothing. <laughs> and then somebody else wrote, when Mike tell you shit garbage, it's garbage. <laughs> you know, it's it just, you know. <laughs> he just has a that intimidation factor, dude. I, I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast once, but there was a time when TMZ was in Beverly Hills, and he was with this girl. And Mike had on, if I told it, it's worth telling again. He had on like a long trench coat and a beret he was wearing and apparently you know the dude had been following Mike for a while and Mike really wasn't having it but Mike also didn't want to get in trouble but the dude was filming Mike walking up the street and I guess obviously Mike didn't want to put his hands on him because he didn't want to get in trouble but he wanted his presence to be felt so instead of walking straight past the guy Mike kind of veered towards him inches away from him and then veered off him and got back on his path but it was, again, best analogy. It was like a lion coming up to you to sniff you. And it doesn't bite you. It doesn't scratch you. It sniffs you, and it moves on. You heard dude holding the camera breathing. And as Mike got closer and closer, the camera started shaking. And Mike just looked at, them, looked at him with that menacing gaze. And dude was... And then when Mike went away... All right, thanks, champ. How much? Okay, how much of it do you think is Mike putting on the Mike show? I don't think it's a show. Oh, so you think it's just innate? It's in him. It's in him. So at the at the expense of everybody getting mad at me for about the words I'm about to use on on a black man, do you think that there is some people that have the primal instinct of back the fuck up? No, I'm, no, when I'm saying primal, I'm talking about going back to the ancestry roots of just before we became civilized. So walking on two feet, kind right. of, where there, you actually, when you said, like you said, you know how you made him right. like a lion right now? Right. Like, do you really feel like there's, is that a connection that you think, because I'm not a boxing fan like you right. are. Do you think there's a connection that some people, whether, it, 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 and I, I would say usually in sports, because like football, uh, aggressive sports, right. uh, boxing, where you actually tap in to something, yeah, tap into that back that that yeah. that prehistoric, yeah. uh, primal instinct yeah. of where you just can find that I it's kill or be killed. I think Mike is the last true warrior. 
of that. And I've been, and again, I say, I, I'm lucky for me, I've been to several Mike fights. And one of my favorite things was when Mike would come in with the towel and he would pace the ring. Everything like a lion, dude. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, honestly, dude, and this is why I say I love Mike. I, I steal some of that shit. <laughs> like when I'm in a show and I'm pacing the crowd, I, it's something about that. I think when people see it, oh, this nigga means business. And it's not even necessarily a show like I'm fronting. You just said it. I'm tapping into, I have to kill these motherfuckers. One of my favorite poses, and they, they, they post it on Instagram a lot, that game between Miami and Boston, when Miami was about to be eliminated, close to elimination, they needed this win in Boston. And LeBron is bent over, tugging on his shorts, and his head's down, and he's looking up. And people always write the same caption. It was on this day that LeBron did this. And that next to him, they'll put a lion's face. And it really looks like a lion about to attack. And it, you, again, you said it. It's something warlike and primal. An attitude, a vibe. I love it, man. Like, and 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 Mike had a way. And I've and, and again, when if you'd ever been to a Tyson fight, you feel the electricity the moment he steps in the arena because you know something's about to happen. It's almost, it's almost like disconnecting from your evolution. Do you know what I mean? Mm-mm. Going back so far, like you're you're a human being. You're right. a regular guy. You eat with silverware. Right. You talk. But to disconnect from that presence, right. to find that 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 deep inner Neanderthal that's right. within all of us, right. but to be able to connect to it in a sport, to be able to like right. annihilate someone, right? See, that's why. Like sometimes when you when you tell me this story, I'd see Tyson, and I saw when I I tell you when I saw Tyson, he scared the fuck out of me just walking by me. Yeah, if he don't smile. He got that scowl. Like, I always say, you know, certain animal, uh, certain people look like animals. And I've even seen on, the, on social media where they'll take famous people and put them next to real animals. And you see the likeness. <laughs> like, Snoop Dogg looks like a, a dog. But that skinny Dane, whatever it is, <laughs> he really looks like that. Dude, Tyson looks like a pit bull. He has the, 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 the features of a, of a fucking pit bull, man. That thick neck, that those eyes, the, the the way his eyebrows are shaped, so it looks like he's got a scowl. It, it just that wide nose. He looks like a fucking pit bull, man. Because you know, going back to that story real quick, where I said and those guys said that, right? All I remember doing is walking away from those guys, just in case, right? Because I wasn't thinking, I I, I couldn't even see Tyson. It was, his back was to me. But when I heard him say that, I was like, "Oh no, I don't want to be here." Because if something does happen, right. this is not the place to be. And I right. just walked away from that. That was the end of that story because that's actually how that happened. And it was a long time ago, so I barely right. remember that until right now. Dude, there was they used to do uh, before thirty for thirty. Um, Fox used to do a thing. I don't know if you ever remembered or saw it called Beyond the Glory. Yeah, those sports things. I remember they did the one on Mike Tyson. And, dude, like, this, just certain things. And, again, I think this speaks to how genuine Mike is. Because uh, for all of the 
intimidation and the I'll eat your kids and biting your ears and stomping on your testicles and all the wild shit Mike would say. Fuck you till you, till you love you me. Fuck you till you love me, faggot. I'll fuck you right here in front of everybody, you fucking bitch. You fucking hoe. Um, <laughs> somebody else wrote on one of those clips, he's the only person that makes homosexuality don't seem gay. That's the toughest gayest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> um, uh, the Beyond the Glory, he tells the story uh about how he went to go see his mother when she was dying of cancer. And uh, before that, he goes, yeah, I, I was supposed to go see mommy at the hospital and my sister was there and I, I because I didn't want to see her in that state, I didn't go. But I told my sister I went and my sister knew I lied because I was there. He goes, I walked into the house and my sister punched me in the mouth. Bow, why don't you go see mommy? Go see mommy. And he, he goes and he goes to go see her. And uh, he talked about how she was so frail. And at one point, the bed sheet that she was wearing slipped off and it showed her breasts. And he could see her ribs and all that. And as he's telling his story, he's trying to fight back crying. And Mike, I, I ain't never seen Mike. <laughs> but it was it, it, primal, so tough. But he, it was coming. And he was just like, he, and when Mike gets emotional, it's weird because it's like, He's fighting, talking through breathing. They're both battling each other. And he was like, uh, you know, she's dying. I, I never saw death like that. It, it was hard. And, he, and I, I'm fighting tears, dude. Because I'm looking at this genuine soul. And you just see pain. From the time he talked about where his mother's boyfriend threw scalding hot water on her, growing up in Brownsville, always getting his ass kicked, Don King taking advantage, Desiree Washington and her mother taking advantage, him being incarcerated for something he didn't do. All of that, I'll fuck you in your ass till you love me, you faggot, you hoe. That is pain, man. Yeah. That, that derives from everybody has fucked me, and I want to kill everything. You know, now I know how I would start off the interview with Mike Tyson. How's that? I'd say, Mike, what do you really like? What do you really like? What do you really like? What do you really pat? What do you love? What What is your passion? Well, he's going to tell you pigeons. And I would say, let's talk about that then. The pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> we do an hour of pigeons and call it a good day, man. <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> um, I, I do give me a second. Okay, so there's a clip from a, a, a by James Tobak was the uh, did this documentary simply entitled Tyson, and I love the beginning of it because it's, it's just clips of Mike Tyson beating the shit out of niggas to a Nas rap. So it's the most New York thuggish hardcore shit ever. But once you get into the segment where he talks about cuss, instilling him with belief and confidence and making him realize, hey, man, you ain't got to be a ghetto piece of trash. You can be champion of the world. And this is a young kid from Brownsville with nothing with, with, with that can take the whole world by the balls. And as he's describing this, he starts breaking down. And I'm, I, I kid you not, I'm trying not to break. It, it just... 
This is Mike Raw, man, and I and I fucking love it. So here it is. Okay, bet. So I did um, everything. Told me to do, and um, I won. I won. Um, I won every um, championship from the um, from the amateur championship. Oh, I won all the championships. I got. I'm, I'm gonna cry. So um, I won every championship that he, um, that he told me because he told me what to do. And I started believing in this old man. I stopped being a little thief. I used to go back to New York and rob people and then come back upstate and hide out. Then I stopped doing all that. I changed my whole life. I said, I'm gonna stick to this boxing shit. Master, there you go. There you go. Again, again. Who's the last guy to stop? Time. Very good. That's right. I turned my whole life over to boxing. I turned into a, a complete animal. I turned into a disciplinarian. This guy had me um, clean my room. He had me just, he just had he this guy brainwashed me so much that if he told me to, he was if he told me to bite, I bite. If he told me anything, I was like his 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 dog. He, he had me. He broke me down. He broke me down and rebuilt me. I was just like a total different person. Jesus. Ah! He said it like a dog. He tell me to bite a bite pit bull. Watch him. Get him. <laughs> I love it, man. Ah! Now that brings me to my last thing with this. I, I, I did the Instagram post. Do you know who Dante Wilder is? No. Okay, Dante Wilder. I think he's like, fuck it. He's undefeated. He's like 40, I think he's 42 and 0 with 40 knockouts. Tall dude, kind of lean, chiseled. Um, but the knock on him is, and he hits hard, but he throws, he's wild. The way he throws his punches is really wild and large, looping hits. And he recently put out a post where he said, I would have whooped Mike Tyson's ass in his prime. Oh, I saw that post, though. And, and, and 99, 95% of the people agreed with what I said. And I, I, I'm going to say this, and I mean this with every fiber of my being. Not the Mike Tyson that got out of jail. Because the Mike Tyson that got out of jail was a shell of himself. No more discipline. He didn't work off a jab. He didn't throw combinations. He was a headhunter. He just tried to knock you out as quick as, you, as he could. Wasn't disciplined, didn't train, was doing coke. The Mike Tyson, that Tyson, that was with Jimmy Jacobs, custom model, trained by Kevin Rooney, that Tyson beats Jesus Christ. Stay what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck how good Deontay Wilder thinks he is. And he would have been tailor-made for Mike because, again, when you watch any of Mike's old fights, Mike moved. He slipped. He dipped. You throw large, looping, sloppy punches at Mike, he's dipping your punch, and he's catching you one to the ribs, then with an uppercut. Well, he can knock you out from three inches away. Man. So he would just get inside of him and And beat him. once he gets inside, you're, you're in trouble. Deontay's best shot would have been to try to keep Mike at bay with a jab and use his reach. But Mike's head movement was so good. And look at the footage. Razor Ruddock. Uh, there, there's a great clip of Razor Ruddock when he fought Mike. This motherfucker must have threw what seemed like 10 punches in a row trying to knock Mike out, looping large punches. Mike dipped every one of those with precision timing. 
And on the last one, Mike went under it, came up with an uppercut, and knocked Ruddock on his ass. It was a beautiful thing to see. So I'm just like, dude, that Mike Tyson, nobody beats him. Not even, well, and I'm, I'm an Ali guy. Ugh. I think Ali wins on points. Barely. Barely. Because Ali was just that goddamn good with his feet and his movement and his defense. Prime to prime. You really think? Dude, let me tell you something. And remember, you guys will hear this on the upcoming episodes with uh, Kyla J. Lacey. We talked about God and heaven. And I said this, so I'm saying now, if heaven is real and you could have it your way, I hope that there's a way to put Tyson and Ali in their primes in a fight. That would have been the best fight ever. Because when you talk about styles making fights, Ali was just a little bit taller than Tyson, had a longer reach. And remember, what's so bananas about Ali is he was a heavyweight that moved like a middleweight. He had the footwork and the speed of Roy Jones. Hand speed, footwork, ring generalship, ring IQ. Ali could fight going backwards. Ali had the best jab, the quickest jab, which he would have needed to keep Mike off. Then he could throw those combinations so fast, which, again, Mike slipping and dipping. Would have slipped and dipped some. But Joe Frazier only had a left hook. He caught Ali with that left hook from China in that first fight and put Ali on his ass. You mean to tell me for 12 rounds Mike wouldn't touch Ali at all? But And Ali had a chin so he could take a punch. But so could Tyson. Tyson had power in both hands. Dangerous left and right. Just as fast as Ali. Footwork just as good. IQ just as good. That would have been a tough fight. You don't think Ali could have kept uh, Tyson off him, though, for 12 rounds? No. No. Because uh, Tyson didn't have to go 12 rounds. He didn't, but with Ali, he would. Yeah, but he wasn't a 12-round fighter is all I'm no, saying. No, that's a myth. Yeah, that's a myth. People say that. Tyson, he didn't go because he was knocking niggas out. But there were a couple fights that went into the end, and he was he was there. He was there. He was a totally different fighter after prison. Before prison, that man was a machine. That man was a fucking machine. Here's two fights if you're a fight fan you got to go see, and then think about this, about that matchup. Tyson versus Marvis Frazier, Joe Lewis's son. Yo, he knocked this nigga out so bad, it was so devastating, that when Frazier hit the canvas and he's sitting on his ass up against the ring post, he's out, but his legs are still moving. His legs, the muscles are twitching. And and Mike jumps up and screams, yeah! That Tyson versus Ali against um, Cleveland Williams when... I said before, perm, you used to call it a conk. And Ali's got this nigga's conk bouncing in 18 different directions. At one point, Ali does the Ali shuffle and goes, and hits this nigga eight times in the face. Ali looked spectacular. He looked beautiful. Put them two niggas up at that time against each other. Woo! Woo! (laughs) That shit would be everything that Mayweather Pacquiao should have been. Should have been. All right, moving on. Um, let's talk about this. Uh, this is a good podcast, man, because we still ain't even got to what we're supposed to really talk about. But uh, we got two more things. I mean, we're almost at it. What, what do we have time-wise? Hour. 
Are we at an hour? Oh, this is sweet. Because we've been gone and we're reunited. We're going, you know what time it is. Y'all deserve it. We ain't been together. I'm going to slide y'all some extra penis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and plus, we the Thanksgiving episode was so heavy racially that this is a nice break. Uh, so let's get into what y'all like us to talk about. Movies. Um, I was going through Facebook and I saw 10 movies that big name stars turned down who could have been in these movies. And I'm going to run them off to you. Uh, oh, shit. Are we going to do better or worse? What do you mean? How are we going to rate it? What are we doing? Uh, whatever. Do you, like, what do you think? Who, you okay. Know, yeah. Okay. Were they, were, was it better? Yeah, that's good. Was it better that they had who they had as opposed to who could have been? And, you know, shit like that. Um, and some of these, maybe a couple of these movies, I didn't even fucking see. And I'm probably sure you didn't either. Uh, Matt Damon, Avatar. Uh, it was either, he, it said either, he said he couldn't do Avatar because it conflicted with his born schedule. Yeah. Um, now, Avatar went on to make $2.8 billion, which my question becomes, it's a two-parter. One, is it better to make one movie that makes $2.8 billion or make a series of movies. I don't know how much the Bourne movies have made in total. Probably more than that, right? I would think so. Oh, yeah. So is it better to make the one movie at $2.8 billion or make the series? I'd rather have a franchise. Yeah. Cause you stay, and you stay current longer. Right. And, I mean, did you see Avatar? I got to be honest. I never saw I Avatar. I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, huh. I know it was a big fucking deal. I know. I never seen it. I wanted to see it, but not enough that I, I went to see it. I didn't want to see it. I wanted to see it because I wanted to know what the hype was, but I didn't want to see the movie. I wanted to know what the hype was. But you know, remember how much hype was surrounded about that movie? Because remember, I think around that time, HDTVs yeah. were just coming out. So they were like, yo, the beautiful colors of when you watch Avatar on it. So I think that that was part of the hype. I'm still going to try to watch it though one of these days. Yeah, one of these days. Yeah, I, sometimes I, I see it on TV and I want to give a fuck. But it, de- it didn't. It doesn't look right to me. I'm I'm sorry. Does something about goofy? Just, yeah, didn't look appealing to me. Okay. Um, and you know whatever role Matt Damon would have played, Born. That's yeah. Him. Remember they tried to do Born with Jeremy Renner. No. Yeah, he did a Bourne movie. Uh, Matt was like kind of ready to call it quits. Okay, and so then they, and they still wanted the franchise to go. So Jeremy Renner. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I Bourne. do know what you're talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah, see. They, it. Hey, Matt, come back. It didn't work. No, you know, Matt. It, it's it. I know. Obviously, that wasn't written for for him. I mean, obviously, right. that book had been around a long time. But right. Matt just fit that part, and he isn't that guy. Like when you saw Matt when he was in uh, uh, Goodwill Hunting, that wasn't mm-hmm. the Bourne character. He just, but Matt took that character, made him his character. One of my favorite Matt Damon movies is, is Rounders. Rounders is I good. I love that fucking movie. Ma, what was his name? The buddy, Ed, Edward, Edward Edward Norton. Norton. He played that asshole role. To, I wanted to kick his ass. I was scared when he got when, in that scene where they found him cheating. Could you still be friends with a dude who got you, who was responsible for you getting beat up? Not like that, no. Not not because because of his because he was an idiot. But right. Norton plays the best. Seriously, I think he's one of the best. If he wasn't such uh, apparently, they say, he, they say he's a dick. Yeah, other yeah. than because he would be on. I would think he would have done a lot more. He's a great actor. Dude, American History X. 
American History X, and then what was the... Uh, he put that nigga's teeth on the curb? Yeah. What was the movie he did with Brad Pitt, though, too? Brad Pitt. Oh, Fight Club. That's... Yeah. Yeah. That He doesn't... He doesn't fit that character. Right. And he still made... Like, I love when an actor just, like... This is what's going to be interesting about that. I wouldn't thought if you had said Edward Norton, I wouldn't see him right. in that. He plays all these characters. I didn't see him in like American History X. I don't see him as that guy either. But and, I, right, and I believed he was was that, that dude. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, born man. Uh, and Jeremy, Jeremy Renner, it like Jeremy Jeremy Renner was on his way in the cooking process to being good looking, and he got pulled out the oven too early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um uh, next up um Hugh Jackman was offered the role in Casino Royale to play Bond and he turned it down cuz he said he thought it would be too unbelievable. You know, I I I don't spoiled motherfuckers. That's what, when people go, what's making it in Hollywood? That when you can go, nah, I don't want to be James Bond. Bond. The cool gadgets, the bitches, the cars, a series, nah. But I, I think he's correct. I think people wouldn't have saw him as that. And it Why? Because he was already Wolverine at that time. Well, yeah. yeah. So what? You know, two different, two different fucking things. I agree, but you know, he would have. Uh, th- there's something about the Bond character that people. You know, to, I, I, I was never a huge Bond. I got into Bond later in life. I'm going to be real with you, dog. Me too. Yeah? And I, I, it's weird for me to say that because my father was a Bond creep. Like, Sean Connery was his guy. Sean Connery was his guy. He didn't care for Roger Moore so much. But then uh, Timothy Dalton only did, I think, two. Uh, he loved George Lenzaby, who only did one. One. And then I don't think my father was around too too much to see Craig, uh, whatever his name is. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I because I grew up with my dad watching it. I felt like this is supposed to be tradition. I'm supposed to like this, and, I, and it's not that I dislike it. Um, but I don't love it like that. My situation was very similar, but when I I, I became a. Uh... What was the first Bond again? Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I became a sh- more of like a Sean Connery fan in other movies, like The Untouchables and things like that. Right. So then I went back and watched Bonds, and then I really liked him. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really like the Roger Moore Bonds. I didn't feel him. You didn't feel him? Yeah, because I didn't have that. Like I got connected more, like I said, to Sean Connery. Well, let me ask like you this. Um, uh, have you seen the Bond movie with each different guy? Have you seen at least one? I never saw the George Lansbury. You never saw uh, uh, uh. Her Majesty's Secret Service? No, I never saw it. Oh, dude. I was going to ask you. Damn. Maybe that's one of the ones we should go back and start reviewing some yes, of Yes. He only, only did the one. Yeah, he only did one. He only but, did uh, one. And then the dude who was on a TV show. Pierce Bronson. He only did, did he do one? No, he did three. He did three. Yeah, so I, wanna, I was going to ask you, from best to worst, rate him. Well, like I said. George I Lindsay, obviously, was last because you didn't see it. I didn't see it. Plus, I heard, I, the reason I didn't see it is because I heard he got – People didn't like him as, as Bond. Is that why the reason he only did one? I think that was it, but I, I heard more it was he did some asshole shit. So between that and a little bit of that, they went, nah. Well, I really like, uh, like I said, my number one is Sean Connery. Sean, okay. And I really like Daniel Craig. 
So is he two? I would put him at two because I really like the movies that he's the, Daniel Craig. That was his name. Yeah, I really like the movies. My thing with Daniel Craig, though, the differences between like Sean Connery and Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery, I like those Bonds because of Sean Connery. Right. Daniel Craig, I think, is in a great space where I really like these last Bond movies. I and you know, they always gave him shit in the beginning because they said he wasn't conventionally good looking enough. No, he also looks like he might have been pulled out of the. the you know, that's a big thing for that right now. <laughs> right, I guess. right. So he's two. He's. I, I would say he's two. Uh, then uh, um, who was the? Uh, it was Timothy Dalton, Pierce Bronson, Roger Moore. It would have to be Timothy. See now that whole lump right there is right. is is a bunch of like not my favorites. Well, you got to put them in order. Um, I really liked Pierce Bronson, but I don't. I thought he was a little old by the time he got the role. I thought he was. You might be right, but I, I was if he, say, he he seemed like he got it just in time because now he's right. old. Yeah, but but that's what I mean. I mean, if they could have had him when he was like at his and prime, Remington Steel was yeah. that the show? He yeah, was yeah, on? I think Steel. they was that. Yeah. If they would have got and they wouldn't let him out of his contract or something like right. that. Right, yeah. he wanted to play Bond. Bond. Then. Yeah, if they would have had him do it a few years, I think he would have been better. But that. And then uh, I guess I go Roger Moore, and then uh, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. I never like. I never. He was too like. And I, I guess this is the only word that I can use. He was too pretty. Timothy Dalton. Like he had nice skin. He didn't look. He didn't have a hard edge mm. to his face. Right. He didn't look like a a bad motherfucker. Well, you know, Sean Connery is known to be the sexiest Bond. Yeah, but he like I could see him as a right. as that 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 character. Right. Timothy Dalton just didn't fit it for you. No, he he was more like a. He was more like a like that that semi comedic actor that's serious acting but has like a little right. comedic tone and and the women like him. That's that's how I right. looked at him. I didn't have that same that Bond S feel. Uh, for me, it's Sean, um, Pierce, Craig, Timothy. Lenzaby more. I hated more. I hated more. He was coming behind Sean Connery. And it just felt I could never get into more. It never felt right to me. Because Moore had what 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 was what Moore had an ingredient right. in his character as Bond that Sean Connery didn't, and it was the arrogance. There was this arrogance, this like like obviously, you have to have an arrogant character to play right. it, but his arrogance just seemed not. It was an unlikable arrogance. Where right. like Sean Connery's was it was a swagger arrogance. Against, still, yeah, 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 yeah. As yeah. more as as an and, and and Roger Morris was like more of an elitist kind of like right. I'm the I work for the Secret Service and I have all this right, access right. to and I'm where Connery's was just a like you said swagger. It was right. just it came natural. It felt right. right. Um. And folks, I'd love to know yours to the Bond fans out there. Uh, what's your order? Will Smith, Matrix. Can't see nobody but Keanu, baby. Uh, I can't see Will in the ma- I can't see it, and it has the same cool that. And I think this is what part of the key to Keanu's success: movies where he don't have to talk become huge, nigga. <laughs> John Wick was about gunplay and violence. Him and Arnold Schwarzenegger have the... Uh, but Arnold Schwarzenegger, you don't mind because you know that's the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Keanu, if he shut the fuck up, he but, made good movies. But in, in Schwarzenegger's first two movies, by the way, which was right. Conan, where he grunted. Right. And uh, Well, the, he didn't know how to speak yet yeah. too much. Oh, yeah. And the Terminator, where he just had his callback yeah, you're lines. Right, you're right. Those, that's all he said. Two right. big, you know, big movies. Listen, when you shoot enough guns and blow enough <laughs> shit up. But that's 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 the clear that's the trick to Keanu's right, movies. Right. I cans. They're just it was just cans. <laughs> that Patrice pointed that out opening hands and he goes, This is how I knew this nigga could neck and speed when the bus hit the homeless woman with the baby carriage and uh Sandra Bullock goes, Ah thinking they just hit a baby, but it was a carriage full of cans and that was Keanu's line. Cans It was just cans. <laughs> Um, but there's something about his likability because, but like, okay, first of all, we got to go back a little bit on Keanu. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Yeah. Fucking made for him. That, yes. Because that's, yeah, fits who he is. And then he played the same character in a in I think it was called Parenthood with uh, Steve Martin. Right. Uh, and he played basically the same right. character that was a little bit older than, right. than Bill and Ted guy. Um, but then these movies, I, I got to be honest. I mean, I really like John Wick. I'll go see a John yeah. Wick film. I never really got into The Matrix. I'm not a Matrix dude. dude. I, 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 listen, I'm here with you. I, the first one, yes. I'm forcing myself for two and three because I'm supposed to. It's the follow-up. But I, I, you know, I never saw two and three. I, 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 I saw I, the first one. I don't even think I've seen three. I, I saw half of two and fell asleep. Um, so in that movie, I, yeah, I get why you're saying that, but I, mean, I could have had a different actor in there. I think I could have, really? I could I see Will Smith doing that, maybe I really could. Okay. I, I, I sense too much Willisms. I don't have an affinity for the matrix where I'm like, no one else could have done that. So it's hard for me, but, right. um, yeah, I think it could, uh, that, it's a pl- I, I don't want to say plug and play, right? But yeah, you could have plugged someone else in there, and I would have been okay with it. So, fellas, here's the question of the day, and I'm going to ask you the same thing. You're stuck in an alley, surrounded by a, a mob of guys who about to fuck you up. Who do you have by your side for the fight? John Wick, Denzel from Equalizer, Jason Bourne, James Bond. Or Jack Reacher? I know who I don't have. Who? Jack Reacher. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the Jack Reacher no. movies? I thought they were pretty cool. No, I didn't like them at all. So who do you go with? Who's, who's helping you out of that fight? Which Bond? Any of them. Daniel Craig. I, I, I'm probably going with the Bond because if you go with Bond, there's going to be Bond girls. There's going to be excitement. There's no, going to be no, good no, cars. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a fight. You need toughness. The brother in me wants to say Denzel. I'm going to add somebody. Okay. But I like the way Bourne fights, man. Yeah. I like the way he throws down, nigga. Dude, I like the way he jumps out of a window to another window on a different building. And not a scratch on this <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee? Yeah. Enter the dragon. I want that dude. By my side when I go into a room. Nah, you gotta have the living, man. Okay, fuck. Um, yeah, it, 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 to me it would be a it would be a toss up between uh, 
No. Yeah. It would be between uh, uh, the Born Identity and, uh, and and 007. You know you being pedantic. I know. But you got to go with one. I just think Bond has some extra shit on him. Like he's gonna like just before we die, he's gonna have something so on his Bond. It's Bond, yeah. Right. Um, Jack Nicholson in The Godfather. Oh, they offer as the Godfather. He turned it down. No, I couldn't. Nah, right? No, no. I don't know how you how you get away from it being Jack. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if he played it great. I think it's the what I, I think. No, that movie would not be the same without, no. without Marlon Brando. No, and that, you know Marlon Brando is considered one of the the greatest actor of all yeah, time yeah. because of that. Yeah, well, more than that, more than that. But that streetcar movie, named Desire. Yeah, but that movie because everybody had written him off, and that's why they didn't even want him. For, that's right. one of the reasons they were worried about that. The movie. waterfront. I could have been a contender. But he comes in as this other part. He's an older man now. And he comes yeah. in and he puts the, the, the cotton balls or whatever right. in his jaw. And, right. And, 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 and. Centino, never take sides with anyone against the family again. As you can see, I have a sore spot for my children. They talk when they should listen. Salazzo. Yeah, man. Now, I don't think, man, you take that out of there. I don't think that movie. I'll tell you what. You know how there's always a debate between, uh, Godfather One and Godfather Two. Yes. If if it wasn't Brando and Godfather One, then Godfather Two. I don't know if it gets made, but would have right. been the better movie. Uh, well, why do you say if it wasn't Brando and Godfather One? Are you saying that you think he made the movie to make it come to two? I, I don't say that he made the movie. His interaction with everybody, because I think that cast and the way they work together. I think honestly, Godfather One and Two are my my probably my. Number one and number two favorite movie. Fun movie. Fun, fun fact for you. Uh, when you say that, I think it was more Al Pacino. Because you know the studio did not want Al Pacino. They hated Al Pacino. And uh, who's the guy that created it? What's the name? Not Mario Puzo. He wrote the book. But the guy that shot it. Um, oh, God. Dude, if you didn't say is say that, I would have been able to tell you. who It's uh, makes all... Look it up real quick. Just go, just Siri it. It'll, it'll come up instantly. The fucking, what's his name? Coppola. Yes. Francis Ford, Ford Coppola. Coppola. Yeah. Um, he fought like hell to get, to, to, to get the studio to keep Michael. And it wasn't until he showed them the dailies of the scene of Michael shooting the cop in the restaurant that they went, okay, this guy works. Well, and you know what's weird? Hollywood, oh, fucking this business, man. Because what's interesting to me about you saying that, because I did not know that. Right. What's interesting about that is that when you watch the movie, um, James Caan is the one that looks out of place. If you, if you, and he's to me one of the best, and one of the best. But because right. of the looks that they went for, right. That's what makes it. But you know, because you're like, are they they're brothers? And right. yeah, there there is different. I mean, it's that very possible that those guys would right. be brothers, uh, but. They didn't. Yeah, I see. What, I, I see what you're saying yeah, there, though. Yeah, but he, you know, Pacino has always had that intensity. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow, Titanic instead of Kate Winslet, Rose because she played Rose. I 
See, I think Kate Winslet's annoying, but I think that. Do you really? I think in that movie, I just I didn't like. I didn't. I I didn't like her in that movie. You mean not overall? Oh, not in that movie. And really? Yeah. I thought she played it well. I thought she played it great. It was just the character was an annoying character to me. I can't see Gwyneth. I can't see it. I think Gwyneth would be even more annoying to me. Yes, she don't do nothing for me. And also another fun movie fact. Do you know? I, I think I don't know for sure, but I, I think she might be a little bit of bitchy, uh, Gwyneth, because yeah. it's she said they was said that uh, she didn't really want to do Iron Man. She only did it because Favaro was a friend of hers. She wasn't excited about it. And she said she definitely doesn't want to return in any of the Marvel movies. I believe that. Jesus Christ! She comes from Hollywood. She's a Hollywood kid. You know, she grew up through right. it. She's a big Hollywood person. She. Can pick and choose what she wants to do, right? Right. But I, I wouldn't have liked her. In, I don't think I would have liked her in. No, no. Um, is there anybody? Is there? Is there any woman that you thought would do a great job? As, as? I don't give women that much thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Sh- Shamoa and Farrah, baby. Um, Charlie Hunan and Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, he was the one who was originally supposed to do that movie. Yes. And uh, did you see Fifty Shades of Grey? I did not. I saw part of it. Whew. Oh my god! I was about to. I'm sitting with a homosexual. <laughs> yeah, I ain't see that shit. You, so I yeah, have no take on that. It was on HBO, and I saw part of it because I wanted to. Because you know who uh, the girl in it? No, I don't. the The girl in in Fifty Shades of Grey is uh, Don Johnson and Melanie Griffin's daughter. Daughter. Yeah, I, I I didn't know that. So I wanted, to, but I and I did watch it. I, I I didn't want the movie's interesting because she she isn't she isn't what I thought that it would cast in that role. So mm-hmm. I watched part of it, but I wasn't that. That's not. Uh, yeah. But that's off that book. Yeah, what you read the book, nigga? No, but oh. that's off. The, you know, I'm just saying it's off a book. I I know a little bit about the movie. What is it about? It's about. Uh, a dude who it's about a dude who finds a reg, I guess a regular girl and he's into bondage and he brings her along this bondage journey and women find this like his porn like it's just like it's entry porn for a lot of women mm, interesting interesting I'll, if I'm gonna do, go that route I'd rather watch big fat booty black bitches eight well it might be interesting to see what these women are thinking is sexy. Yeah. <laughs> these next three are women. Molly Ringwald and Pretty Woman. That bitch made a mistake, didn't she? She got and You talk about trying to bounce your career from the eighties yeah. into the She was offered the part first. Julia and she, Roberts. She turned it down. Really? She her agent should have smacked the shit out of her. Yeah. With the next script. And, and and as she got he, older, her agent should have slapped the shit out of her with that script. Yeah, and, and she could. I think she could have pulled it off. But I, Julia Roberts, mm, can't see nobody but Jr. But I was baby. Say Julia Roberts was perfect. There's, perfect. She, That's the movie that they say America fell in love, love with, with her. her. But I think it would have been a little. I think it would have been a little dirtier if it would have been uh, Molly Ringwald. Yeah, yeah, it would have felt more. Sunset Boulevard before getting to Hollywood in the East L.A. area. It would have been different. Yeah. 
Julia Roberts was sunset just shy of Beverly Hills. Molly's in the where the cholos is. <laughs> well, she guy. probably had the short hair at the time. You know, she did that short yeah. hair. That, it would have been like I would have saw Molly more as as a as, a, as a hooker. Where Cheeto we, crumbs where in when a you bra. when you saw Julia Roberts in the show, you forgot that she, she was, was a hooker. You had to to make that movie work the way that it yeah, worked. Yeah, Molly Ringwald might have a hypodermic needle in her bag. Yeah. <laughs> um, Emily Blunt as Black Widow instead of Scarlett Johansson. Who? Which one's Emily Blunt? I have no idea, but fuck that, Scarlett Joe, nigga. Well, that's just because nah, you like Scarlett. Ah, Scarlett Joe is the business. She. She looks incredible, but she doesn't. Ha- they had. They didn't give her a lot of lines in the beginning. That's okay. You know, they just dropped the trailer for her yep, movie, the upcoming movie. Yeah. yeah. So now we'll really be able to tell if that's the right person. Well, we no, we've seen enough movies to know it's the right person. I want to see who Emily Blunt is. <laughs> there, there she is. I think she could have played the character. Beautiful lady. She could have played the character. I, I. Prefer Scarlett Johansson. I think she could have. I think if we had no idea if Scarlett Johansson was the part, I would have been okay with her. Dude, there's a moment in Avengers Endgame where just before they get ready to go through time travel, Scarlett Johansson is kind of waving her body back and forth. And she looks at the group and she goes, See you in a minute. And the way she looks at them in that shot is so cute and so genuinely warm and just cute I, I go and i kiss my screen it, it just then when she dies you feel it it was such a cute when they say america's sweetheart the girl next door she became my sweetheart at that moment it's so cute oh man i i, I really got in when i really was digging her is when she did the movie with bill murray lost in translation uh-huh. i haven't seen it you never saw that? No. It's it, it's an interesting movie, and she is... She's a hua in that movie. She's super cute Doesn't in that movie. Doesn't she cheat on her man with this stranger? You got to see the movie. It's not like that. But that's what she does. She doesn't cheat. What does she do? They just hang out. They don't fuck? She's still... She's a hangout hua. Um, Emma Watson, La La Land. This is like Fifty Shades of Grey to me. I, I don't... I don't... Um, I heard it was a good movie. I tried to watch it. I, I didn't get to see it. Emma Watson. Who got to who? Who did play it? I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Emma Watson. Oh, well, who's the girl that? Uh, who's oh, the- I know who. I know who played it. Um, she has red hair. Everybody's yelling at us. The the answer to this. If it's who I think it is, she was the one in um, the Help. Did you see the Help? Mm-mm. She was the one that wrote the book. Oh, she, she was uh, Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, the second one. Was she in that one? The first, the, she was in both. She was? Yeah. Evan Watson or this other if girl? That's, it's, if, 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 if you're pulling up who I think you're pulling up. Emma Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Emma Stone always sounds like she has a retainer in her mouth. This is a lot of sis. A lot of sis. <laughs> Peter is, Peter is, Peter is, Peter is. Uh, 
I didn't see the movie, so I probably don't have her. I, I like Emma Stone, though. She was really... Yeah, that's she, a white guy's no, choice. She, no, no. She was really cute in the movie with the... What was the... Dude, I have such a short-term memory problem. What was the, the movie that... Uh, were the two kids in high school, three kids in high school, trying to get the liquor and go back to the... Super bad. Yeah, she was... In, she was. That's right. That's where she was cute. I mean, that's what I know her. That's what I know her from. I don't know. Um, She's a good actress. Okay, last one. And this is my movie. Tom Hanks and Jerry Maguire. As Jerry Maguire. Yeah. uh, I can't go against my man Tom on this one for the other Tom. Yeah, Tom Cruise was it, baby. That was one of his best movies. Yeah, you know what? Has Tom Hanks ever done a movie where he wasn't likable? No. See, there has to be a little disdain for the character, I think, in, 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 in that movie. And Jerry Maguire? You have to have a little bit of where he was the, he could be the agent. Not necessarily the good guy, the, the aggra- and then. But that wasn't Tom at all, Cruz at all, the character at all. But he was an agent, so he had to have a little bit, and then he no, had. No, he a was re- an agent. Yeah, but then he had a realization that he wasn't doing the right thing. It had to be. Oh, he, he, he couldn't be an asshole. Yeah. Well, no, you're right, you're right, because. That's what that's what that's what made him because he was being an asshole oh. to the kid whose dad right. was the hockey player who got fucked up and he was trying to get past. Hey, fuck your dad being fucked up. Your dad's great, and the kid gave him a conscience. Right, you're right. So I I, I and I'm just saying I never seen Tom Hanks play. And what uh, timing is he's getting ready to release Mr. Rogers? Yeah, the we, most likable human being ever, and apparently a truly. You know, like, honestly, just a real decent person. I'll tell you the movie that Tom Cruise did. I mean, Tom Hanks did that he wasn't likable okay. at all. Philadelphia, having AIDS. Yeah, but... I didn't like... I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like... But he, he wasn't I, a bad guy, though, in the movie. Yeah, he had AIDS. He was terrible. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> there, 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 there goes the rest of that career that we had. <laughs> it's a joke. God bless the AIDS. Um, the AIDS or the people with it? <laughs> the people with AIDS. AIDS thank you. Um, uh, but no, you're right. He's never played an unlikable character. Yeah, because I, 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 yeah, I just can't think of anything where you go, yeah, Tom Hanks is an asshole. Could you ever see him play, like, what if he had, had to play the role of one of the rapists and the accused? Could you see him doing that? No. I don't think it's po- not. Now that's show me your acting skills yeah, that's for what, a guy like him. That's what I'm, I'm wondering. Has he ever like that? That would be a question to ask him. Have you ever wanted to play the dark role? No, because if he wanted to, he'd have done it. He would have done it. He could do anything he wants. He's from one what, of those. From what I heard, though, it it isn't in his character. He's actually a real yeah nice decent. So how great of an actor are you? Don't yeah. you think you have to go against the grain a little bit? That's why Denzel did Training Day. He, he was every role prior to that. He was the guy that wins. He's the nice guy that wins. He wanted to do something dirty. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe Tom Hanks will do it one day. Maybe he's... Nah. Could you see him playing Leonardo's role in Django? No, but I would love to have seen, seen uh, him do something like that. Because like I told you, I, I really... Like, you can't like... There's like 15... 20 minutes, an hour that goes by after you watch that movie where you can't possibly see a picture 
of Leonardo DiCaprio and like him anymore for at least 15 because you, you right. have to there has to be an amount of time where you go that's just the character that's just the character right because right. he did it so fucking well right but I don't know that I would imagine if you're a good actor, and Tom Hanks is, I mean, he has great movies. Right. I'd imagine that there's something there that he could be the, he could do it. Right. Okay. So those were the 10. And now it's time. We're at an hour and a half. Okay. And we're going out with a bang. All right. Then we just, we talked about this a, a second ago. <laughs> We got to give the people this, man. Yeah. You know, they, they, I know, I listen, I, people, I'm listening to you. I'm like your congressman. I know sometimes you, we talk a lot about race. And I know some of you roll your motherfucking eyes, you tilt your head back, and you go, oh, this again. This is a nice deviation from that. Because you know we're going to be, listen, when the next week, after this episode, we read the emails, and they're about, race yeah so we come on man put your balls in there too <laughs> give her all of it um here it is y'all asked y'all wanted to know here it is the irishman you want to start or you want me to start you start from what everyone has been saying it wasn't bad but it wasn't what it should have been, given the cast. Listen, the bar is Goodfellas. That is the creme de la creme of gangster movies. That it, that's the top of the line. So it wasn't Goodfellas good. But it wasn't, even though I know this ain't a gangster movie, it wasn't Once Upon a Time in America bad. You didn't like what's my time in America? That we talked about that. I called you in the middle of the theater. It stunk. That Tarantino movie needs to be thrown where they burn niggas for to get the ashes of their body. Yeah. Throw that script and that movie into a dead person's I watched the, I watched that a second time and I and I saw what was the movie was supposed to be. The first time I watched it, I didn't get once it. Once upon a time or yeah. my Irishman? Yeah. No, once upon a time. I saw it. You could sit through that twice. I sat through it a second time. I wanted to see it. I wanted to see oh, what I was missing that everybody God. else was getting. We've already taken a turn here. We're on we're on the Irishman and now we're talking about once upon a time. All right, let's get back to the Irishman. Okay. Pesci, Pacino, De Niro, Harvey Keitel, motherfucking directed by Scorsese. This was supposed to be the dream team coached by Chuck Daly. But they, the, the goal of this movie was to play the characters at the age that they are closer to now, which is older. Much older, actually, because the character is supposed to be older. So there's a, there's a mellowing of these characters. And, by the way, before we go any further, Harvey Keitel's character that I think is, uh, is lost in this because of the big names and everything, they, he had barely any lines. And I was, in, I was like, yo, where's more Harvey? He played those no lines with just his face, that mustache. I wish we had Jay Moore right now. I thought he did a what great What do you think, I'm dumb? I'm not dumb. <laughs> I'm smart. You'll be able to goddamn join my house. <laughs> uh, um, he, 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 he was great. Yeah, I'm just like, dude, and listen, something about the iconicness of Pacino and De Niro, you feel like when them two get together, it's like, you know, 
LeBron and KD or Dwayne Wade. It's it's two forces. And then you throw in Pesci, who for for the most part has retired from movies, and he steps back in from so long to do exactly what you love for him to do. You Jew motherfuck you. Everybody take a piece of your Jew ass. I wanted that guy. But he's an old man in this movie. And, Even when they show and, him and they, young. They talk about I, I That is what I will give you. When they make them young, why didn't they have more well, of the, yes. uh, the aggressive part? But this book, this was a book, and it's being told from the perspective of this the the, the, the gangster that, uh, who's, who's, who, that um, Robert De Niro's playing. And it's supposed to have uh, a different tone. And they, he accomplished the tone. Do we like the tone that that cast did that? Did the tone that they put out is the tone is not the tone that you wanted from that cast? You wanted the other, the, the other character. You wanted the the aggressive. And I'm not disagreeing with you. So did I. I actually. I just and, for, and, 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 and you know I didn't know that Pacino was playing Jimmy Hoffa. Like, I thought it was going to be Pacino, De Niro, Pesci, Keitel, all four on some gangster shit. Which would have been great. Which would have been a man's Fifty Shades of Grey Woody. (laughs) Come all over the popcorn and in your neighbor's Pepsi. But they wanted to play it older. Uh, Scorsese's older. They wanted to bring a different... I'm not... I agree with you. I'm fine on the older shit. But during the young shit... Give, it Give us him. young shit. Give us shit young folks do. Shoot you in the face, you Jew motherfuck you. I want a Jew motherfuck you. <laughs> I want a casino. And when you get just getting out of your coma, I'll be coming out of, out of jail. And I'm going to see you. I'm going to crack your fucking head open again because that's what I do. My biggest problem with, with the movie. And well, first of all, I'm going to say I agree with you 100% on what you were saying because I actually stopped the movie about halfway through. I had something else to do, and I came home, and I tried to pick it up from where I left off, and I was like, fuck this. I know it's three and a half hours long. I want it from the beginning again, and I went back to the beginning, and I kind of got into the mode of what they were doing, and that made it easier for me to watch it, but what I will tell you is what I never was able to accept in this movie and and it could just be my own shortcomings, but I could not accept uh, Hoffa being played by Pacino. Pacino. Because you remember Nicholson doing it. The Nicholson Pacino. And Hoffa. his rendition was good. It was really what I wanted to see as a Hoffa. Here's my problem with Pacino. Everything now. He didn't have that, though. In this. Yeah. When, whenever he gets mad. He takes it, yeah. It, it, it turns into high. Who the fuck is Who the fuck And part of me is waiting for Tony. The fuck money. Fuck you, Mike. I, I just, I feel, he's that guy now. And it's like, you know, that's why, again, if he's going to do that, make, put a gun in his hand. Well, and, and the accent, I thought he did a good job throughout portions of the movie with the accent, uh, that, that Midwest, you know, the Jimmy Hoffman. I didn't even sense an accent. Yeah. but it, Not it, at all. But it, it kept going in and out. Well, then that's bad acting. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just, it, 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 and listen, because I had already spoken to you, and you already kind of hit me with, you know, it's uh, it's okay. When I watched it, I'm watching it. The moment it starts and the credits come up, I'm watching it embrace physicality. 
Is it, is it really this bad? Uh, that ain't so bad. That's cool. Uh, so I was really nervous because I'm just like, I keep hearing it's not great. And I can't believe I'm watching this and it's not going to be great. And again, when it was over, I went, not bad. But it ain't what it should have been. Okay. It's okay. Here's how, I, here's how I'd put it. It's not bad. And there's there's really some really good quality scenes in there. There's an emotional story that's being told. I understand all that. Here's where I'm going to draw my line. Mm-hmm. It's an investment of three and a half hours. Right. Did I get my return on investment? No. That's where I'm at. And here's what does it for me in that same vein. Endgame was three hours. This movie was a half hour longer. But Endgame's three hours from beginning to end. But that's visual, a, no, visual stimulation. It doesn't okay. matter. A good movie is a good movie. You were interested. You cried. And you talk about visual stimulation. You cried. You laughed. It gave you everything. The movie gave you shit and spurts. Well, but before we, before I say, oh, before I just say I didn't get my return on investment, let me ask you a couple other outside questions on this. Right. If you had to go to a theater and your only focus right. was that movie and you had popcorn, you had your Coke and you were sitting in your seat and it was, you got a little recline on it. And that's all you had to focus on. Not the phone ringing, not being at your house, not dealing with your cable box, not with any, anything else. No outside interference. Does it, do you think it might have changed that three and a half hours a little bit? Or? Well, I'm going to tell you this. When I watched it, it was funny because I always say sometimes when I know we're getting together on the road and I got to watch a movie, I go, uh, uh, fuck, I got to remember to watch this movie. And I try not to watch it at the last minute. But I, I, it slipped my mind. And I'm like, holy shit, I got to get on a plane this morning, today. Fuck. It was 3 in the morning. I said, let me set my clock to 7. I'll get up at 7, and I'll watch it. I'm like, what the fuck are you waiting for? You're not sleepy. You're bored. So I watched it at 3 in the morning. So you had no... And nothing to do. So I was focused as a motherfucker. And just, you know, all right. Yeah, there's another part of the movie that bothered me, too. That does bother me because... I would have done this differently. And and I am not Martin Scorsese, so I have no right to say I would have done this differently right. than the genius who, do, who did it. He right. is a genius. He did the movie. I get it. But my little brain that doesn't necessarily compute his genius, there's a lot of where they'll, they'll show a character and then they'll put some writing who that character was. Like, right. like the, the, you know, what kind of gangster he was. And how he died. I like how he died because this movie... Was more about death. That's what it is. The end. We're going right. to the end. This wasn't about like what you're saying. Show how the motherfuckers died. Then I would have done it. That. I would have wanted it as a series. Interesting. Because if you're going to make it three and a half hours long, make it a full fucking series. That way we get all the meat, and then you can go back and forth. But that's that's a good idea. Because all those people that died with a series, you could show how all those people and, really... And then, and then they, how they connected. And you could have had the through That's line being Joe Pesci good being through the whole thing. Ironic but, from a man that looks like Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> For you to come up with some brilliant shit like that. But no, but I really, that that's what I was sitting there thinking after the movie was over. Right. Because if you, and I know you didn't watch this because I already asked you this. After the movie, there's an after movie where they interview each other, where there's, they sat around oh, a round right. table. And it's, uh, it's Pesci, it's uh, Scorsese, it's uh, Pacino, and it's uh, uh, Robert De Niro. Right. And I got to tell you something that I saw that, that changes 
a little bit about how I feel about everything in life. There's a, as friendly as the conversation was, and as much as everybody anticipate was looking for the anticipation of of, of De Niro and and yeah, uh, 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 who's the other dude that I'm trying to say? Not Pesci, the uh, Pacino. Pacino working together. Right. When I saw them, like in that roundtable thing, mm-hmm. he was real. He was Pacino was an outsider. It never, it didn't feel like he would talk, and it felt disconnected from De Niro. Mm. Pacino, even when they were having conversations, it didn't feel like they were on this, I don't want to say, you know, like, I guess like if you were on a baseball team that wins a World Series, but someone came there in the middle of the season, but wasn't there for the 10 years that uh, they weren't winning games or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. Like he was an add-on to it. Like, it was, right. like I know you were here and you did your job and you're an right. excellent actor and you you brought something to this. Okay, but to your point, like the movie, Hoffa felt like he wasn't part of what I thought it was going to be a part of. Well, yeah, he was doing some gangsterish type shit in terms of that world, the political world. But I wanted to see a gun in his hand. I thought he was going to be cussing niggas out. I thought he was going to be ordering hits. I think he used to use a board and beat people with it, uh, Hoffa. But uh, for real, yeah, you'd go if, if you were trying to cross the the picket line when they were. Man, he yeah. should have showed that. But I don't know what the you know they were focused on the ice cream. Like this is I'm gonna I'm gonna humanize this guy. He just wanted his ice cream. He's in jail. All he wanted was his fucking ice cream. Somebody wrote in a comment section uh, when they showed a clip of the movie. On Instagram, when Pacino talks, he makes me want to drink lotion. <laughs> well, and 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 there was something interesting that Pesci said in that roundtable. He goes, "Well, one of the things I was wondering is, you know, with 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 uh, Al here, uh, how is he going to how is he going to come at me in these in these excited scenes? You know, and he, yeah, he yeah. brought it up, you know." And they they kind of laughed and said no, he was going to come. You know that it was it was they were older. Car- you know they're coming in at a different le- level. Yeah. And then he only blew up a couple times. And then they said off camera that like some that one scene where you see uh, De Niro looking at them. Right. Uh, at uh, I think it's De Niro. There's a scene where you see uh, Pesci and uh, Pacino. Yeah, and I think yeah, you do see De Niro. It's from De Niro's point of view, so you don't hear their voice because they're far away. And that's like one of the scenes where. Uh, where Pacino is really doing his, where he's become, where he's doing his right. his character of himself. Right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so that isn't in the movie like that. So sound like Ray Romano. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ray was in the movie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, who would I and I saw this other person uh, crucify his uh, performance. Uh, a Ray, critic. Yeah, and I thought Ray did a great. Yeah, yeah I thought he did a great that's job. It was. You know, yeah, you know. it was. Just, it was a part that didn't have. It was. It wasn't connected all the way through. It was connected, obviously, right. as as uh, as the money's connected. Right. But it wasn't connected. I think I think to some degree this was cinematic karma that came at Scorsese, because you know he got he he basically shitted on the Marvel movies. He said you know superhero movies aren't cinematic movies, and uh, I saw Robert Downey Jr. on Howard Stern, and Howard Stern kept trying to get Robert to go for the bait. But Robert just, uh, in a lot, with all his class 
and, you know, uh, wouldn't go there. He just said, hey, man, he's entitled to his opinion. And I think they – and Robert did say, you know, he's saying they're not cinematic, but they show him in cinemas. So he, he handled it with class. But maybe that's cinematic karma. Maybe. Slapping Scorsese because, come on, man, a movie's a movie. I know what he's trying to say. It's not artsy. Right, and this was supposed to be a very – but I really think that he could have – I think his vision could have been – Instead of a three and a half hour movie, and I've already said this, but I mean, I, I think really it's think a great idea. if it would have been, you know, uh, an hour long show where you got to really get into the nuts, but it, he would have lost the, the 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 book is what they were going for. An older man looking back at his life and how it, I disagree. I disagree. I, I, I don't think he would have lost the fucking thing. I, I mean, if you're talking about staying true to what the book was, the book, OK, then, yeah. But as far as fans. First of all, again, you know, if you got the dream team, you're tuning in to every game. So with a series, who's not watching that? Yeah, and with a good amount of violence, who's not watching that? I don't know that it would have taken that much longer to film 12 episodes versus the uh, three-and-a-half-hour movie that they... That they right. Uh, but, yeah, it, there. I mean, it was there. There was a movie there. Uh, I don't know that you, if you have three and a half hours to give to cinema, it's it's worth watching. But it's not you're not going to get you're not going to get the entertain the jam packed entertainment that you're probably thinking you're looking for. Right. Um, my only last note is, and and you know, this is this is the one percent of race that I'm going to inject in this. Uh, another funny comment I read uh, on Instagram said somebody said. The Irishman is fucking fantastic. Three and a half hours of mob talk and not the, the word nigga wasn't said once. Um, but sp- speaking of niggas, um, where is the black version of iconic movie stars coming together? What, what, how much longer before we see Denzel, Wesley Snipes, Sam Jackson in that kind of together? Acting, playing off each other, hardcore scenes that we we can go, damn, them niggas duked it out. As soon as everybody can get to Atlanta. <laughs> There's the studios there Tyler now. Tyler Perry. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's around the corner. I really do because now that now that the studio's in place. But you don't need that for that. With those names, that movie can get done. There's something get, else going on where niggas just don't want to come on, man. Come on. You think you, that you, kind it, of star power, them movies can get done. You don't need Tyler Perry for that. You know, again, black people, sometimes we just have a do you, nigga. I'm going to do me vibe. But if Pacino and De Niro, who are two of the most iconic forces in acting, I wouldn't even put Pacino, uh, 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 Pesci in there because he's not. If you'd have said now Jack, Pacino, and De Niro, them is three icons, baby. I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you in as far as box office and name, but I think, and longevity. But I think that uh, Pesci is is just nah, as talented brother. as all those people that are going through. I'm that. not saying he's not, but that's like the Biggie argument. People go, "How can Biggie be the best when this nigga's only done two albums?" You know, Pesci is known for the gangster movies and Home Alone. Name another one. 
Name another Pesci movie outside of Home Alone and gangster movies. They're out there. You're right. It, they didn't get the critical acclaim, and they didn't make the, the, those But Pesci. Pacino, De Niro, and Jack have been doing this shit since the 70s. Yeah. 40, 70, 80, 70, 80, but so, 90, but, 90, Almost 50 years. But so is Pesci. But these movies no. aren't big movies. Pesci ain't been around no 50 years. I'll tell you where Pesci, Pesci came around in the, in the, in the he fucking... Was, he was before that. 90s. No. No. Yes. Home Alone was like the night... The, matter of fact, his first movie... What you call? Uh, the boxing movie, Black and White, Raging Bull. Yeah. Is when we first saw Pesci. That had to be in the 90s. No, he was around before. That was 80s. Raging Bull was 80s. Okay, 89. But he, I think he was around before that. Nah, son. I don't remember nothing. Do you? Uh, no, I don't. Well, then there you I, go. I, I remember him from Rage. Uh, from... You Jew motherfucker. you. <laughs> if it wasn't peace for me, everybody would take a piece of your Jew ash. Don't you ever go over my head again. Short Eyes, 1977, Family wait, Enforcer. Wait, wait, oh, that's right, Short Eyes. Family, what else? Family Enforcer, Dude, How could I forget Family Enforcer? Hey let's, hey, let's Dance. Not Hey, Let's Dance. Was there a sequel? No. I don't even know what this Hey, Let's Dance is. I think that was, it says 1961. Uh, family Enforcer, though, 1976. I don't know. You're right, but I think that he's, you know, he didn't get, he wasn't, he didn't have the benefit of being. Uh, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm not going to let you have this one, brother. You don't think he's a great actor? I, I didn't say that. He, I think he is a great actor, but his body of work, his longevity, does not put him in iconic status. Al Pacino, we saw this nigga age. We've seen these guys yeah. age. Okay. We saw Pacino, long hair, tight skin, voice was really light, to now old as a motherfucker. Same with De Niro, same with Jack. Okay, what what's what's the best um, Jack Nicholson movie? The best Jack Nicholson movie? Yeah, if you could say what's the best Jack Because if they're the best, what's the best movie that they've done? You, you're asking me this like this is a challenge? Yeah, what's his best movie? Fucking Few Good Men. Few Good Men? And you could name several. That's why I'm saying iconic. Yeah. Al Pacino, Dog Day Afternoon, Serpico, Scarface, Son of a Woman. Not a challenge. Uh, Jack Nick. Oh, just did Jack. Robert De Niro, Taxi Driver, Godfather Two. Fucking analyze this, analyze that. Cape Fear. Cape Fear. I didn't get any of the analyzed movies. Uh, you didn't think any of those were funny? They were funny, but they were not his best work. For what he did, for what those movies were, I'd rather do. The he was the, the first. Fockers. He was the first gangster to play funny. Yeah. And it worked, unlike Stallone with Oscar. Nobody even knows what that movie is. Hey, man. Hey. I got no more. Yeah, well, you didn't, we're not going to do the bad boys thing and then get done? Sure, you want to do that? Yeah. We'll make it a two-hour podcast and put it out. Might as well. Shit. Um, bad boys, 19. 19- and we're not talking about Martin and Will. Bad boys. It was ben. a movie called Bad Boys. What was the year? I think it was 83. In 83. Here, let me, let me pull it up real quick. But go ahead and talk about it. I'll pull with it um, a young Sean Penn. Um, what's the Spanish dude? Morales. Uh, Isai uh, Morales. And a man who I actually almost was going to be on a TV series with, Clancy Brown. For those of you who don't know, Clancy Brown was the main guard in Shawshank Redemption. Uh, again, a show I did, a pilot, uh, well, you know, that aired on CBS. 
uh, for one run, uh, not even a complete run. Uh, South of Sunset, where Glenn Fry played the cop. Clancy Brown, I auditioned with him for CBS, and he was going to play. He almost got Glenn Fry's role. That would have changed everything. I think we'd have still been on the air. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Ali Sheedy was in that movie, too. The what Bad she, Boys. What, Ali what Sheedy? She, that's, she was the... Oh! She, she's the I girl. I know that. Yeah. Okay, she was the one who got raped. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and she's That movie terrorized me when I saw it, because I was a kid then, and I just... From there, I just went, I don't ever want to go to prison. Well, I, I saw it uh, because... Booty rape can't be pleasant. Well, I think I saw this, though, on... Uh, VHS, because now we're talking 83. This is when you, now you can watch yeah. a movie in your home. So, and I identified with the little uh, Jewish looking kid. Nigga, the beak on that nigga. <laughs> the, whoops, Dershowitz, his character, I think his name was Dershowitz. Something like that. The beak on this nigga. Hor- Horowitz. Horowitz. They don't even have a picture of him in the IMDb. It's I would love a- to see Eric, what he looks like now. Eric G-U-R-R-Y. How do they don't that? have a picture of him? They don't even have a picture of him. And the where are they now? Like, they older now? No, you know how in IMDb they have you... you, you the cast. Oh, okay. They're the cast. Yeah, no picture. So he, yeah, the, 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 the nose would have took too much. So he's out of the business is what that means. <laughs> they should have just had the nose. They Listen, if y'all get a chance, Hulu it. I don't know if it's on Netflix. Hulu it. Amazon it. It's called Bad Boys. It was. It was actually Penn. a good. It's a good movie. It's a good. It, it's not. It's dated. Bad, it's, it feels oh, yeah, dated. Yeah, yeah. But it's a good movie. But listen, Sean Penn's cellmate. It's this nerdy Jewish kid. The beak on this nigga is he is two can Sam nigga times ten. There's no mistaking he's a Jew. Um, Alan Ruck is in this movie, who is the sidekick of uh, of um, Matt. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, yeah, that's right. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, you know who, who this Gershowitz, Hershowitz, whatever his name, you know who he could have played? A young Christopher. Yeah. He looks like yeah, he Maltesante. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Maltesante. He does. He looks Sopranos. a lot like him, yeah. Like a young Christopher. Uh, matter of fact, you know they're doing that movie. Um, the Sopranos. The Sopranos movie. Um, where James Gandolfini son is playing him because it's it's about the Sopranos before, when they were young. That kid, well, now he'd be too old. But yeah, but I look, I look, to, look, yeah, I look like that nigga. dude when I was little. Look at the beak on this nigga. I don't think my nose was that big, but it was. That shit is for real, nigga. <laughs> His <laughs> nose is a well endowed penis. He looks like the uh, the uh, what, what do you call him when you go from cartoons to real life? What are those cartoons? Things? To real life. You know how they're like the Disney's now is doing all those movies, cartoons. They take the like car- a live action. Live action. That's what yeah. he looks like. The live action of uh, the the Fruit Loops bird. Yes, yeah, two kids. Sam, Sam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you know? The way they kept abusing that black boy in that movie uh, kept pushing him over, and you knew he was he was going to be a bitch. Because remember, and and dude, how about imagine shooting that scene when you first come into the prison? How everybody claps. And they line up and spit on you. Yeah. Like they was really spitting on them niggas. Yeah. And then the black kid was so terrorized, he ran straight to his cell. And you knew his booty was up for grabs. Uh, But damn, dude. Oof. But you know why that movie, you know why that movie had to be made, though? Had to? Why why you would make that movie. Why? Dude, it was all shot in that one room. 
Oh, yeah. Pretty, oh, much. pretty much. I mean, there yeah. were some outside scenes at the beginning. Yeah, 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 but yeah, after yeah. that, you shoot all the movie in that one room. Right. I mean, that had to be a pretty inexpensive movie to make. Yeah. Um, and then, dude, when he put the uh, soda cans in the pillowcase. Yeah. Damn. Strong move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like how he beats the shit out of everybody. And, and then, then he becomes the guy. the guy. That's it. Yeah. Now you're just the guy. Right. That, that, that uh, you know, he, he, has, he has the juice. Right. You got the juice now. <laughs> yeah. You brought up juice, nigga. Why he got to hold a gun? Because I already got it, motherfucker. That's a good one, too. We'll get to some of these. Juice was a good one. That yeah, was one. one of those where uh, I was in my youth, and me and my boys went to go see that. And I, 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 that was a time, too, when I was auditioning for movies. I auditioned for that movie to play Q. Uh, Omar Epps beat me. A lot of niggas beat me. Uh, what you gonna do? Do you, uh, what? Wh- I was gonna ask it. It's not the right question. Nah. Don't well, worry about no, it. No, what is it? No, I was just trying to think. What, what, what? Okay, so, uh, no, because I'm gonna save this for when we do review juice. All right. We'll, we'll eventually review right. it. I wanna have, I wanna have good questions. Well, that's it, boys and girls. I hope you enjoyed this damn near two-hour podcast. It's a two-hour podcast. Listen, we know we ended things on a racial note, and we apologize. But then again, that's who we are. Ah, uh, but we made it up to you. We came home, and in true 1940s fashion, we had you cook us a meal. We slapped you around, and we stole sex from you, even though you are our wife. <laughs> Take this cock. We gave you the balls too. Thank you, and join us next week. When we'll be with Kyla J. Lacey, the nigga, the kike, and the black bitch. Can you feel it? <laughs> that made me laugh so hard when I did that. Because prior to me saying it, I thought it, and I went, eh, she might not like that. But then I went, you know what? She know what the fuck this is. And even when I said it, I chuckled, and then you chuckled, and it made me chuckle, <laughs> and she chuckled. It just, it was like, and the black bitch. It was great. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how we end these things. Hey, anymore. Uh, email me Aries Spears forty five Hotmail. I want to know um, what's your favorite Bond order, and I also want to know again if you were stuck in an alley and you needed to have someone fight by your side, who do you pick? James Bond, Jack Reacher, uh, McCall, which is Denzel's character, John Wick, or who's the other choice? Uh, Born, Jason Born. Who's helping you out of that situation? Those are your two quiz questions. All right. I'm Andy Comedy. All my social media is in the upper right-hand corner of my page. Find me. And do, me, do us a favor, man. Please, we, we, we can't say enough. Tell people about this goddamn podcast. Put your fr- Treat it like the crack cocaine epidemic. Hook somebody else on this drug called us. Thank you. <laughs> Can you feel it, baby?